Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Warning. This program may contain material of an explicit or graphic nature. Viewer discretion is advised. <laughs> Harry Palm Ghost <laughs> Boner There's two boys and a dog and a dream Red Rocket Red Rocket The Taze Doug Jones Biff Doug Jones Biff as H.P. Lovecraft once said, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. Broadcasting Undead from the B-Ward, this is the Postmortem Show. I'm Dom. And I'm J.D. And today... Good day, mate. Throw another shrimp on the barbie. That's not a knife. <laughs> because today, we're going to give you our top five Australian horror movies, as suggested by an Australian herself, listener... Madam Darling. Oh, I thought it was Paul Hogan. <laughs> yeah, he's an avid fan. He is. Yeah. Him and Yahoo Serious. <laughs> Yahoo Serious? Yeah. What is Yahoo Serious? You don't know who Yahoo Serious is? No. He's a, he was an Australian comedian from the 80s, and he had, like, big, crazy hair. He was in the movie Young Einstein. Like, that was his, his oh, vehicle. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know I know who you're talking about now, but, uh, yeah, Yahoo Serious? Mm-hmm. What the fuck? It's quite a fucking name, huh? <laughs> That's a gimmick name. That's <laughs> straight up, yeah. That's not on his birth certificate. No, no. His, his, it's probably like Reggie Smith or something. <laughs> I think it's a baseball player. Is Reggie Smith a baseball player? Uh, quite possibly. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about baseball. I only know about hockey. That's it for me. Yeah. You know what I know? I'm caffeinated as fuck right now. <laughs> I stopped drinking energy drinks for a while, but then I realized that I can drink the bang energy drinks. They don't have the shit in them that I'm allergic to. Oh, yeah. You got to be watching out for those. Uh Someone I know, a coworker of mine, knew this guy that died because he drank three of them in one day. Oh, Jesus. He had a heart failure. Yeah, no, I've, I've had one, but I've gone from, like, not having an extreme amount of caffeine back to that. Yeah. And it's, uh, yeah. Jumping out of your skin? A little bit. <laughs> jumping out of my shawl. <laughs> well, speaking of jumping, let's jump into some Australian horror movies. But before we get to that, we got a little bit of horror news for you. Horror news. Karen Kusama, director of The Invitation, is set to helm the newest version of Dracula. Yes, she is. She recently stated in an interview that while very close to the source material of, of Bram Stoker's novel, her version of Dracula is going to be void of the romantic elements. Oh, really? Seems like more of a Nosferatu-type count, and I'm kind of into that. Yeah, I'm definitely down with that. Because the, the romance plot in the book, it, I mean, it's there, but it's not the main focus of it like it was in, in Bram Stoker's Dracula, or even, you know, the 1930s Dracula. Yeah. This is for Blumhouse, not Universal, which is kind of strange, because Universal is going to come out with one too, I believe. So we're going to get multiple instances of Dracula. I hate when this shit happens. No, what's, get... what's happening is Universal is working with Blumhouse to make these new monster movies. That's how The Invisible Man got made also. Oh, okay. So, and, and that's why Invisible Man was good. So, Well, you know, you know that trend of like, oh, this movie's going to come out, so then they make the B-movie version yeah. of it that's like confusingly similar? Yeah. And that's what I thought that was going going on here, you know, with this? Right. But 
Karen Kusama is a capable director. The Invitation, I think you liked it a little bit more than I did. I really liked it, yeah. Uh, I didn't really care for XX. I never saw it. a segment it. in there. Yeah. It's an all-female anthology horror movie. Just, it really didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll have to see what happens. I'm sold. I'm, I'll be checking it out. But I may not be checking it out at an AMC theater. Because AMC recently announced that it has enough money in its savings to reopen its theaters if the post-COVID-19 U.S. economy fully opens this summer but that it may not be able to reopen if the shutdown continues into the fall. It also fears that it doesn't have the credit to borrow the amount of money that it would need to survive. There are also concerns about the fact that even if theaters open, there may be no movies to show for a while, and people may not start attending movies right away due to further concerns of infection. Plus, AMC is still doubling down on not showing Universal movies. They're the largest theater chain in the United States. It's publicly traded, but owned by a Chinese conglomerate called Dolly & Wanda. Personally, I say let the big chains go out of business. People will still want the theater experience in the future, which will leave the industry open for the mom-and-pop theaters to reopen, independent filmmakers to have a chance to get their movies in these smaller theaters, and maybe a resurgence of the 70s and 80s style of film going, like it was before the big companies took over and became the gatekeepers. Yeah, you know what? That's kind of good for us with our thing that we're going to be doing soon. Yeah. Hopefully we get some good attendance for it. And uh, I'd like to see the return of the grindhouse, you know, where you go and you'd pay X amount of money and you'd get like three or four independent horror film back yeah, to back. For sure. And we serve some beer and yeah, we live like Kings. Throw out the homeless people who are beating off in the back row. Why? That's part of the ambiance. <laughs> that's part of the scene. That's <laughs> what you want in a grindhouse theater. <laughs> but Dom, you know what? I'm a gambler. Yeah. You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. And when the stock market crashed and everything went bad, I bought some AMC stock. Oh, yeah? I'm holding on, Dom. I ain't going to sell it because I'm going to, you know, let the chips fall where they may. You live by the sword, you die by the sword, Dom. <laughs> live by the biff, die by the biff. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, hopefully, uh, they do make it just for the fact that I spent like $20. That'll never get back. Oh, yeah. It's a lot of money in this <laughs> in this economy right yeah. now, too. Yeah, for sure. Talking like I'm this big stack broker, you know, $20. <laughs> hey, that's more stock than I own. <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. I don't own any, any stock. Yeah, you do. The wrestling company. No, it's in, it's in my family's trust. I don't actually directly own any of it until, like, my mom and dad die, unless I want to buy it out of the of the trust. Oh, So okay. it's, it's mine, but it's not mine. You little rich boy. Yeah. Trust fund. Tr- Spoiled little trust fund baby. <laughs> <laughs> I came up from the gutters, yeah. Dom. <laughs> Spoiled little trust fund baby with $1,000 in his bank account. <laughs> you know what? You were given the silver spoon. You know what I got? The shit into the stick, Dom. The shit spoon. <laughs> yeah. Shit spoons have to be our rating system. <laughs> Shitty spoons <laughs> with Ricky Scroder. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Raimi has chosen a director for his new Evil Dead movie, coming soon, entitled... Evil Dead Now. An Irish director of The Hole in the Ground, Lee Cronin, has the job. Oh, that was a good movie. I didn't really care for The Hole in the Ground. Really? I liked it. I gave it a 5.5 back when I reviewed it on the show, but I liked his Ghost Train segment from the anthology Minutes Past Midnight. Mm -hmm. I liked that a little bit more. I think I gave it a 6.4. But this is an interesting choice, to say the least. You know? Yeah. Not really a name that comes quick when you think of who's going to direct Who's in the running to direct the new Evil Dead? Right. But if Sam Raimi's, you know, still executive producing it, I'm sure he sees something in the guy. It could be worse, though. At least it's not Uwe Bull. Oh, God. Uwe Bull. Yeah. Evil Dead. <laughs> Evil Dead Now is the name of the movie, and it won't have Ash or be tied to Fetty Alvarez's remake. It's an entirely new direction on a proven commodity. I love Evil Dead, but do we really need more of it? That's what my question for you. I don't think we need any more Evil Dead with Ash. I think Ash versus Evil Dead prove that. But I think that there's tons of stories from that world that can still be told that are from other people's perspectives, as long as they're well-written. I would rather have, like, a reboot of the Necronomicon with Jeffrey Combs, you know, with just different stories that involve the Necronomicon and stuff, Lovecraft-related stuff, than a direct Evil Dead sequel. I'm zombied out. I'm over the zombie stomp. Mm -hmm. I never need to see another zombie movie for the rest of my life. But I love Evil Dead, too. Mm -hmm. I really do. It's a great horror comedy. I've seen it a million times. I've probably seen Army of Darkness more, honestly, because that VHS tape is, like, burned out. Right. It doesn't even work at parts. It just stops. <laughs> you know one of those VHSs where you play it and it just stops at one point and yeah. won't, won't advance anymore? That's my Army of Darkness tape I still have. Wow. 
It'll get the uh, at least get like a Betamax of it to replace it or something. Got to bring out the pencil and start rewinding it. Ah, yeah. Put <laughs> put it in the freezer to tighten up the tape a little bit. Yeah. You ever do that? <laughs> Original Ghoulies creators Jeffrey Levy and I'm going to try this Luca Bercovici initiated an online campaign to try to persuade Sony to reboot the Ghoulies franchise after a 25 plus year hiatus. Jeffrey Levy recently told Bloody Disgusting. I want to reboot the franchise, not just one movie. I want to try to make a three-picture deal. Levy says that modern pop culture would be the next victim for the ghoulies of the 21st century. Music, fame, technology, and social media are all grist for the ghoulies' mill. No icon too big to fiendishly destroy, no cow too sacred to be attacked with tiny slavering jaws. He went on to say, We will of course use live-action puppets and animatronics, but said that he also wants to incorporate other tech into the experience, including virtual reality or holographic technology to create a multimedia, full sensory ghoulies experience. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> this guy's got some some big dreams for that little ass Gremlins ripoff. <laughs> but you know what? If he does it, I'll, I'll watch it. I don't know if that's what we need, Don. <laughs> you know, it, it would be kind of cool, though, to have a ghoulies movie with like holographic ghoulies running around the theater. But it would be even cooler to hack the hologram machine and replace it with that Tupac hologram and just have Tupac running around the theater, <laughs> chewing, <laughs> chewing on people and <laughs> wreaking havoc. Tupac hologram. <laughs> California knows how to party, Dom. It's true. It's the state that's untouchable like Elliot Ness. <laughs> I have some more Evil Dead news. This time very unfortunate. Actor Danny Hicks, who played the redneck character Jake, known for his incessant screaming of, Bobby Joe! Oh, Bobby Joe! And not having any eye teeth. <laughs> has been diagnosed with cancer. Aw. Hicks was also in Maniac Cop, Intruder, Darkman, Wishmaster, and My Name is Bruce, to name a few. He's been given a range of one to three years to live, and a GoFundMe has been set up to help with the cost. Horror fans, check it out and help an iconic character actor have comfortable care and extend his last couple of years. GoFindMe.com slash help Danny Hicks. Danny Hicks is a really appropriate name for the kind of characters that he plays, too. <laughs> Dumb. Why well, you got to kick the guy when he's down? <laughs> Here we are trying to be compassionate and help him, and you got to make fun of his name, Dom. Yeah, I know. I'm a dick. I'm yeah. terrible. <laughs> In what I'm going to be dubbing goddamn motherfucking son of a bitch news, Ridley Scott is starting work on a motherfucking seventh Alien movie as if Alien Covenant didn't violate the corpse of the franchise enough. Scott says <sighs> his, <laughs> his plan for the next movie would be to reveal the mysterious purpose of the original Xenomorph eggs. He said to the LA Times, what was the purpose of the eggs? That's the thing to question. Who, why, and for what purpose is the next idea, I think. And I, I have to the answer... The purpose of the eggs is that they hatch into aliens. Yeah, but I have an even better answer for that. Ridley, who the fuck cares? Stop. <laughs> what if they just hatched into xenomorphs that had, like, Easter Bunny ears on them? <laughs> <laughs> <Like> Cad <laughs> Cadbury xenomorphs. That's a better rating system. That's what we're going to go with. <laughs> Cadbury Xenomorphs with the cream filling. How'd yeah. the cream get there? We'll leave that up to the imagination. <laughs> Most likely the predator. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> predator O-Face. <laughs> All right, Dom. That's it for our horror news. We will be back with the good movie and the bad movie after this. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for the good movie. And the bad movie. Ah! All right, we're back with the good movie and the bad movie. And Dom, you got some weird shit happening this week. Like, mm -hmm. you're a weird guy, you know, yeah. so it can't be really too far-fetched for you. <laughs> <laughs> it's not me, man. It's society. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's you as you sit there in your shawl. <laughs> okay, maybe. <laughs> 
I'm going to start us off this week with a movie that I've seen pop up on my feed many, many times. I never pulled the trigger on it. It kind of seemed like homework, but I really enjoyed it. And this is my bad movie, but I kind of got two good movies this week. Okay. So. Oh, by the way, I want to say that I, I went and watched uh, We Go On. Uh-huh. Uh, like the day or the night that we recorded, I went home and watched it. That's like a fucking nine out of ten movie for me, dude. That like movie it. was so fucking good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I knew I, it would be more yeah, of a dumb I, I agree with everything that you say about it and then some. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with a 2018 written and directed by Tillman Singer, streaming now on Shudder, starring. Luana Vallis, Lily Lawrence, and Jan Bluthart. Luz. L-U-Z, Luz. Have you seen this? No, but it means lights in Spanish. It does? Yes. Luz, a young cab driver, drags herself into the brightly lit entrance of a rundown police station. A demonic entity follows her, determined to finally be close to the woman it loves. Okay. On a rainy night, Luz goes into the police station. Also, in a club... Nora seductively engages police psychiatrist Dr. Rossini in a conversation. Nora tells the doctor about her old schoolmate Luz's rebellious past at a Chilean school for girls. Nora is possessed by a demonic entity, longing for the woman it loves, Luz. Increasingly drunk on both alcohol and Nora's story, Rossini turns into easy prey. When called to the police station, the now demonically revived doctor puts Luz in a state of hypnosis, supervised by his colleagues, Commissioner Bertillion and translator Olarte. Luz recalls the events predating her arrival to the police station, but the entity that is taking control of the doctor wants something more. Bit by bit, it slips into Luz's reenactment and makes old memories come to light. Interesting. So this movie is a slow burn and kind of a strange one. It's a German movie that bounces back and forth between Spanish and German. I think there was some like French or something. There's so many languages are used in this movie. Is is it is it Argent is there Argentina involved? Because that would make sense because there's a lot of Germans in Argentina. No, uh, well, it, the Chilean school for girls, Chile, but a lot of Germans in Chile too. Really? Yeah. After World War II, a lot of uh, people expatriated to to Chile and Argentina from Germany. Luz went to the bad girls Catholic school. She tried to do some kind of ritual on her supposedly pregnant friend. The two were caught before it could be completed, and she was thrown out of school. She later became a cab driver, and on a stormy night, she at random picks up her friend from school. Luz does a reenactment of the events that led her to the police station. Phantom driving a car and opening up a non-existent trunk, having a full-on conversation with someone who isn't there. It's a great and inventive scene. Like she's, you know, she's sitting down. She's got their hands on ten and two on the steering wheel. She's doing everything, mm-hmm. and bit by bit, like people start to be there in the room That's talking cool. back to her and stuff. There's this guy in a sound booth who's reading the script of, uh, it's very strange. This is a confusing as fuck movie. And it left me with the, what the fuck did I just watch feeling at the end? If you could call it an end, that is that being said, it's one of the most refreshing takes on possession that I've seen in a long time. And I really enjoyed it. The acting is great. The score is eerie and awesome. And it's a throwback. It's filmed on 16mm film, which really added to the presentation. This movie didn't have much score, no CGI, just an, edu- just an execution that exceeded its concept, and how low-budget movies should be made. Awesome. I think it, you would probably understand or like this more than I would. Um, it's, it has to do with possession and the reenactments and stuff, but it, there's so many questions. It's one of those movies where shit's just coming at you and it's just getting weirder and weirder and there's no explanation behind any of it. But I had to read some other reviews and some synopsises to even like quantify this, you know, but I couldn't turn away. Awesome. I watched it in one sitting. It wasn't like boring to me, even though it was just like, what the fuck? Mm -hmm. What's going on? But there's some great scenes though. Cool. I want to check it out. IMDb gives it a 5.6. What are they saying? Cadbury Cadbury Xenomorphs. IMD gives it a 5.6. I'm going to give it 7.6. Cadbury Xenomorphs. <laughs> the alien opens its mouth, and then the little mouth comes out, and it's going... <laughs> <laughs> yes. Awesome. Lose. I want to check that out. Yeah, it's it's been, like, kind of in my periphery, and I just haven't gotten around to it. Is is it subtitled? Yeah, it's subtitled, okay. and the box art is, like, someone... The way the demons, like, go from one person to the other. Yeah. It's through like basically a flashlight that shines out of their mouth into somebody else's mouth. Yeah. The person starts like having a seizure and the box art is all yellow and black with a face next to another face. Yeah. 
I always thought whenever I saw the box art popping up that it was like an Argento movie from the past, mm-hmm. like early 80s, late 70s kind of movie. And it has that vibe. Okay. Definitely a, a love letter to that kind of shit. Nice. Yeah, I'll, but, be, I'll check it out. I, I, I think I've I passed it on, on it a couple times because I had, hadn't had the capacity to read subtitles because I'm tired. You know what the director of Parasite said? What's that? There's a whole world of movies out there if you can just get over the minuscule hurdle that is reading a subtitle. Yeah. True. It's true. Well, also, uh, Prime, I figured out recently, has it where you can actually make the subtitles kind of big at the bottom of the screen. And I've found that it's easier for me to watch subtitled movies when I'm tired, when there's the big font, because my eyes don't go cross-eyed trying to read the little font. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, because Arby was even asking me, too, like, doesn't doesn't that bother you when you have to read everything that they're saying or whatever? And And it doesn't, because I've come to realize that almost all of my favorite movies are not in English. And I think that subtitled movies hold my attention more. Yeah. It makes you really focus on what's happening because you have to read it too. Yeah. So like... Well, I think that's why Lucifer Valentine subtitles his movies even though they don't need to be. Like they're in English and they're subtitled in English. I think that he does that for that same reason. Yeah. To kind of like bring you back into the weirdness. Yeah. Could be. But check out Luz. And that's a good list that we should do eventually. Top five foreign language horror movies. Yeah. You know, of any language. Yeah, we did Spanish already, but... Yeah. In Spanish, we're about to do another foreign horror movies, Australian. <laughs> you know, when... Uh, Different Ma- language there. When Mad Max first came to the United States, they subtitled it because they were worried that people wouldn't understand the Australian accents. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. All right, so I'm doing something weird this week. And uh, I-, I think it's fitting with what's going on in the world right now. Because, you know, we're we're living in this world where, like... To a certain group of people, like, truth doesn't matter anymore, you know, and, like, everything seems like it's crazy and and everything's backwards and up is down and down is up. And sometimes some fucking shit happens and you, like, you're, you, you're, you wonder, am I in bizarro land right now? You know, because everything seems all fucked up. And I think that has bled into my good and bad movie this week because... My bad movie is technically a good movie, and my good movie is technically a fucking awful movie. Okay. So I'm going to start with my bad good movie. You're confusing <laughs> the hell out of me. So we'll, we'll just call it my bad movie for now. It's a 2019 sci-fi horror music adventure directed by Seth Ackerman, starring Eliza Lazowski, Anders Heinrichsen, and Christian Eriksen, and it's Blood Machine. Oh, okay. Blood Machines, right? Yeah, Blood Machines. Yeah. That's something, it's like a three-parter, right? Yeah, and that's part of what's wrong with it. Okay. So, the official synopsis is an artificial intelligence escapes her spaceship to turn into a female ghost and challenges two Blade Runners to a galactic chase. I think it's weird that they use the term Blade Runners. Yeah, because that's a, like a concept in a movie. Yeah, in, in a story, yeah. And, and Blade Runners in the movie Blade Runner are... People, police officers who have been hired on specifically to locate and hunt down uh, synthetic people. So they, like, give them the tests and all that. And that's not what these people do. Like, these people are basically, like, space salvagers who work for the government. Okay. So two space salvagers and their dodgy AI go to collect a derelict ship on a mysterious planet. There they encounter a coven of cosmic witches that perform a ritual to help the derelict ship's AI turn into a physical being. From there... A space chase, some rape threats, and a bunch of fighting and other weird shit happens, and then it ends. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like your cup of tea, don't it, Yeah, uh, on paper it is, and I was super excited about it. And straight up, this is a beautiful movie visually. The cinematography, the effects, the color, the animation, everything about the visual, visual presentation was fucking great. It was almost like if you took the just the pure visual aspect of Beyond the Black Rainbow and then added a little bit of H.R. Giger to it. Okay. So that was cool. Like, all the ships kind of looked like they were biomechanical and kind of alive a little bit. Um, All that stuff was super neat, and I really, really appreciated it. The music was also great, but that's not surprising since it was done by Carpenter Brute and they kick ass. Unfortunately, I feel like this movie was all sizzle and no steak. Uh, The acting was hokey, largely due to the fact that it was made in English, and that was clearly not any of the actor's primary language. The characters were mostly unlikable, the dialogue was cringeworthy, and I think that they lost steam on their story and decided to just be weird for weird's sake at a very early point in this. Okay. Um, I also didn't like that they split a 45-minute short film up into three 15-minute episodes. It seems like 15 something... 15 minutes each? Yeah. 
Oh, I thought it was like three hours long. That's no, I never watched it. Yeah, it no, like, it's it's just. I watched three fucking whole movies this week. Yeah, <laughs> no, it was forty five minutes long, three fifteen minute episodes, and I think actually one of them was less than fifteen minutes, and one of them was more. It was split up really weird. Um, it seems like something that was done after the fact, since the title cards didn't even like the title card for the movie didn't even come up till the second episode. Okay. Like, there were no opening credits for the first episode. That like the first episode was the cold open. The second episode was the title sequence and some other shit. And then the third episode was the conclusion. And uh, I think that they just did it so that they had more of the click views. Oh, yeah. I, for sure. it, I don't think it had anything to do with with presenting the story. Other than that, I can't think of any other reason for them to do it because it was already a short film and it just fucked up the flow and made it feel all the more imbalanced. Well, you know what? how it worked for it? It, chapter one and chapter two yeah. it worked in the wallet, but not in the story. Exactly. You know, the first part was great. Yeah. The second part was kind of shitty. Right. You know? And and in this, you know, on Prime, the the producers get don't get money for how long someone watches it. They get money for how how many people click on it to like watch it. So if you split it up into three parts to watch the whole thing, you're getting paid for three viewings, as opposed to getting paid for one viewing to watch a whole forty five minute short film. Oh, okay. It's kind of it was kind of wonky and greedy. Does it have ads before it starts? Sometimes, part? yeah. Ugh. Yeah. The movie was a continuation of a music video that Ackerman did for Carpenter Brute, and frankly, it should have just been a music video. Either that, or he needed to work with a better writer and flesh it out into a full-length movie, because while this was technically well-made, it kind of also felt like a giant dick swing of technical filmmaking with no real substance, like... Look at what I can make, and look at how weird I am. It kind of seems like it would be like the the poor, bad version of Chicago Rot. You know how Chicago Rot went real hard with those effects and yeah. stuff at portions of it, but it was so good. Yeah, it was well written. Yeah. It had good characters and a, a good story. And this just felt flat. Like at the end, I think my exact words were, "Well, that was a thing." <laughs> <laughs> was it a bunch of CG and green screen and shit? It, it was, but it looked like it was done kind of in the vein of 2001 a space odyssey okay like it, it it didn't bother me that it was cg because the cg looked appropriate to what was going on it kind of had an anime feel to it a little bit like the cg in mandy you know okay how how, how it still felt appropriate to what was going on yeah um and honestly the, the way this this thing goes it would have been impossible to do it practically because there's just so much weird shit happening all at once um I think that this movie would probably be better background visuals for a party or a club. Like, it's definitely something that you throw on and then drop some acid and watch. But it's not something that stands on its own as a movie. So IMDb gives Blood Machine 6.5 out of 10. For technical filmmaking alone, I'm going to give it 10 out of 10. But for being an actually good movie, I'm giving it 3 out of 10. So average together, my score is also 6.5 out of 10 Cadbury Xenomorphs. All right, Cadbury Xenomorphs. I'm going to agree with IMDb on it. <laughs> Cadbury eggs are good. They are. The, but I can only eat like one, and then I start to feel gross afterwards. Yeah, because it's like you're biting into a chocolate egg that jizzes right into your mouth. <laughs> jizzes pure sugar into your mouth. <laughs> That's what happened to Brent. <laughs> <laughs> and he could never stop. <laughs> That's all he eats. Lives off a diet of Cadbury eggs. <laughs> Cadbury jizz eggs. <laughs> all right. My good movie this week is a 2020 home invasion horror movie directed by Jonathan Malott and Carrie Murnion, starring Lulu Wilson and comedians Joel McHale and Kevin James. Becky. Oh, you watched it. Yeah. I just talked about this in the news last episode. Yeah. Just came out right after the R episode came out, so I figured what a better time to pull the trigger. A teenager's weekend at a lake house with her father turns for the worse when a group of convicts wreaks havoc on their lives. So this opens up with Becky being questioned by police. She says she doesn't remember what happened. Then we get a jailhouse beatdown, jumping style, interspersed with bullying and fighting at a high school, back and forth, which was pretty cool. It's like okay. bullying in high school fighting versus prison you know society in prison the way that works it's kind of a lot of the same thing so is it like becky getting bullied and then like the home invaders break fighting in prison or uh the home invaders are part of the prison it's kind of just like the sets a setting for both okay. sides of the coin got it you know and how they're not so different after all right you know? oh yeah prison is basically a bully system we meet kevin james's character who's the worst kind of human a nazi 
Dude looks exactly like a smaller big show. <laughs> He's the medium show. Okay. Das medium show. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's the king of queens. How can you say well in German? Because that's what you should do at the beginning. Of well. <laughs> <laughs> then we meet Becky and her dad, who are headed out to the lake for a vacation. Through watching old videos of her cancer-ridden mother, we know why it's just the two of them. Becky longs for a sense of normalcy and a typical family, but she's got kind of a bad attitude with her dad who doesn't deserve it. She's kind of a little fucking shithead. Okay. She's a little perturbed that her dad has moved on and invited his new girlfriend, her son, to their family vacation. With all that's going on in the world right now, I don't want this to come across the wrong way, but Jeff's girlfriend and her son are both black, and the interracial component fuels some of what comes later when the white supremacist invaders come around, and the distinction needs to be noted. Okay. So Makes sense. Pretty topical right now, and uh, definitely adds to, you know, tugging at your heartstrings with what's going on in the world right now and what's going on in this movie. Kevin James. Kevin James' second is played by Kurgan the Interrogator from 90s WWE with the Jackal's Truth Commission, and later the Oddities. Wow, I thought that guy was dead. No, he's he's alive and well. He looks better than he did back then. Huh. I didn't recognize him at first. I'm like, I know this guy from somewhere. And I looked him up, I'm like, that's fucking Kirk and the Interrogator. Crazy. The two assholes come looking for a supposedly lost dog before taking Becky, her dad, her dad's girlfriend and son, hostage. The entire time, he's cutting this menacing rant about crossbreeding dog breeds though he's making the insinuation about humans and interracial relationships. This is a pretty topical home invasion horror thriller. It's well acted in his dis- and has distinctly hateable heels, which goes a long way towards creating sympathy for our unfortunate would-be family. So Kevin James pulled off the transition from comedy to, to horror? Oh, big time. Sweet. He, he's, he's very, very good in this. Awesome. As the killers wait for the key Becky stole, they force her to listen to the torture of the others. This isn't The Last House on the Left, or I Spit on Your Grave, but this is a home invasion movie that will tug on your heartstrings, and it's way better than I expected. Last episode, I was doubting the King of Queens fucker himself, Kevin James, as a serious threat, but I eat my words. Awesome. Good to hear. There's an eye scene that is both disgusting and eye-rolling, all puns intended, but the budgetary restrictions can be forgiven due to the cruelty. This movie's brutal for mainstream standards and doesn't pull much punches. The gore is decent besides one laughable scene. If there's something we can all agree on, it's that the scenes involving the brutal revenge murder of Nazis are better than ever right now. Yeah. Check out this movie, listeners, if you love solid home invasion revenge movies. Becky. So, I watched the the preview for this movie, and uh, there's a lot of, like, her setting up traps and shit like that, and I kind of got the feeling it was like a, a dark and gritty modern version of Home Alone. That's what they wanted you to think, yeah. but it, no, it's more similar to I Spent on Your Grave, Last House on the Left, those kind of movies, okay. than it is Home Alone. Like, going into it, I did not think I was going to like this movie. I put it on, I already had my good movie. I watched the other one first, Lose, mm-hmm. Luz, whatever you, however you, in what language it is, I don't know, because there's <laughs> like four languages spoken in the movie, but... With this, I, I put it on, I'm like, all right, I'll give it a chance, but, you know, I already got my good movie this week, and it surprised me. Nice. I enjoyed it. I was in the whole time. Awesome. So. I'll, I'll still be checking it out. IMDb gives Becky 5.7. I'm going to give it 8.1 Cadbury Xenomorphs. Cool. Glad to hear it was good. I was really, I was kind of rooting for Kevin James for some reason. I don't know why. Like, I've never even seen King of Queens. I don't know anything about the guy other than the fact that he was, like, a comedy actor. The stand-up comedy is fucking stupid yeah but you know i he reminds me of hmm. a fat tom arnold okay tom arnold used to be fat so i don't like tom arnold yeah no he rubs me the wrong way i don't like the cut of his jib we're we're gonna be doing uh uh now screaming um for patreon tonight and uh i actually have tom arnold in my now screaming <laughs> all right something that may redeem him <laughs> <laughs> is it roseanne the sex tape <laughs> 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 no. That is horrific, though. Yes. All right. So now we're going to get into my good bad movie. It's a 1999 Italian knockoff sci fi horror movie directed by Bruno Mattai under the name Vincent Don, starring Christopher Ayrns, Haven Tyler, and Garetta. And none of that matters because I don't think any of these people ever went on to do any other movies. <laughs> it's on Prime right now. And it's called Shocking Dark, a.k.a. Terminator 2. 
Oh, wow, that's Terminator 2? <laughs> so I saw that come up on the feed, so I figured mm-hmm. you'd probably watch it, because I saw, like, oh, 1999, I gotta watch this, yeah. and then I was like, ah, see the resume icon? Yeah. Damn it, Dom, it's, you beat uh, me to it. Yeah, they, they build it as Terminator 2 in Italy, uh, which is uh, which I'll get into. It's pretty fucking funny. So, the official synopsis. In a polluted future Venice, researchers work to improve the situation. One day, unknown forces start killing them. A team of soldiers and a couple of civilians is sent in to investigate. Soon, they encounter strange, murderous creatures. So, in the future, being the year 2000, Venice is abandoned due to pollution in the canals. A company known as the Tubular Corporation... (laughs) (laughs) Righteous, bro. Totally tubular. ...is contracted to make the city livable again, and they set up an underground lab populated by scientists. When the corporation loses contact with the scientists, they send in a group of highly trained marines known as the Megaforce, along with the scientists and a corporate representative. Sound familiar? (laughs) In the tunnels... Oh, by the way, the scientist wears a green jumpsuit for the whole movie. Sound familiar? (laughs) Uh, No? What are you referring to? Aliens. It, oh, yeah, this is basically the plot for Aliens, except... But why is it Terminator 2, then? I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> so, in the tunnels, they find that scientists that, that the scientists have all been killed by a race of mutants of their own breeding. The only survivor is a little girl who knows how to use the duck system to find safe places to hide. Is that Duck Duck Goose? Ducked. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, a little girl hiding in the ducts. The only That's survivor... is before before the fucking... Robots come to kill you, and they say goose over your head. You got to run away. Oh, uh, that's how you survive. Yeah. Okay. She was the only one who knew. The Marines are attacked by the creatures, and soon learn that the whole setup was actually a testing ground for a new military technology that could threaten the entire world. Soon, the scientists, the little girl, and a few surviving Marines have to fight to escape the mutants and a killer cyborg, and prevent the weapon from destroying the world and perhaps even the past. So you know when Amazon. Straight up describes a movie as a bravura ripoff of Aliens and Terminator as a selling point. You're going to be in for a ride. And I'll be honest with you, this movie is fucking stupid. (laughs) (laughs) It's terrible on all levels. The acting is atrocious. The writing is god awful. The child actress is horribly annoying. Perhaps one of the most annoying children I've ever seen on screen. We'll get to some of that later. (laughs) (laughs) The special effects are rubber monster trash and the music is out of place all the way through. It was pretty much a scene-for-scene recreation of Aliens, restaging the most famous shots and using snippets of dialogue from the original movie, all in the worst and dumbest way possible. Then, in the final act, they introduced time travel, revealed one of the characters as a cyborg, and it became the Terminator. This was some weird, like, alternate reality where James Cameron was mentally retarded, (laughs) (laughs) and they still let him make a movie. Yeah. It's fucking bad. But this is my good movie because I was entirely entertained all the way through. This is one of the most so bad it's good movies I've seen in a very long time, and I haven't laughed this hard at a movie in years, even if it wasn't for the right reasons. It was still funny as fuck, and I don't regret a single moment of the 90 minutes that I spent on it. The director of this movie has directed 55 movies from 1970 to 2007 under various names. A lot of his early work was softcore porn, but the majority of his work appears to be Italian ripoffs of significantly better movies. I want to watch everything that he's ever made. This is a movie that begs for a mystery science theater treatment, and I almost feel like you should watch this so we can Biff tracks it. All right. It's, we still have to do Hellraiser yeah, 3, though. Yeah, it'll Patrons be... are waiting on me. Yeah, it'll be like the second or third one. Once we have our board, then we can do Hellraiser 3. Hopefully that'll come soon. Yes. Uh, well, you know, we can't control the COVID, guys. Sorry. Yeah, it's, it's what happens. It's what happens when you save up all this money for fucking years and years. I'm going to break the fourth wall and just say that. Our equipment that we bought was almost $3,000. And that came not from us, but came from you guys. Yeah, patrons. For saving up everything that you've given us, you know, that we haven't reinvested back to the show by this point. And it's not here. It it pains me to say. We even had someone chip in at the last minute to try to get it here early, but no. Fucking COVID. Yeah, it's back-ordered because of it. And guess where it's manufactured? Australia. Yeah. Australia. It's it's a synchronicity. I, I don't get it. No, it's not a synchronicity. <laughs> it's a conspiracy. <laughs> this is not a song by the police. This is real life. <laughs> all right. Speaking of police and riots. See? Yeah. It all comes around. It all comes Look back together. Yeah. COVID. Riots, the police, 
It was Sting. That Sting is coming down for the record. <laughs> it was Sting all Playing along. his bass with his face paint on. <laughs> A year has passed since I wrote my note. <laughs> God, why do you have to sing that one? Hey, well, you know, because it's like his only song. Low-hanging fruit, Roxanne. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You're not going to go with the, the fucking message in a bottle. But for some reason, he can use Tantra, tantra to, like, fuck for 17 hours. Really? Yeah. Is that a thing? Yeah, supposedly. I don't know that I'd want to fuck for 17 hours. I think I'd get tired. Well, especially with Sting behind you. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely don't want to fuck Sting for 17 it, hours. It's a new meaning to the singer splash. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What if you had uh, Tony Schiavone doing commentary on the Sting sex tape? Sting on Sting sex tape. <laughs> the, the the wrestling sting and the police sting. <laughs> Done. It's called Fuck the Police. Book it. Coming soon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So IMDb gives Shocking Dark 4.6 out of 10, which is generous. Why is it called Shocking Dark? You didn't get into that. It's just one of those tacked on weird names. Yeah, they, the because originally they tried to bill it as Terminator 2 in Italy, but they can't do that in America, so they just tacked another you mean name they on can't it. just call it Terminator 2? Not in America. <laughs> they can in Italy. <laughs> yeah. So, for technical filmmaking, I'm going to give this a generous 2 out of 10. Okay. <laughs> but for sheer entertainment value, I'm going to give it a straight up 10 out of 10. Because, once again, I haven't laughed this hard at a movie in a long time. So averaging together, that gives it 6 out of 10, which is actually worse than the 6.5 out of 10 that I gave my bad movie, but this movie was infinitely more entertaining. And I bet given the choice, you'd watch that over the other one. Oh, I would watch this movie again. I have no desire to watch Blood Machines again, unless I'm on acid. If I'm on acid, then I'm putting that shit on. But uh, yeah, I would definitely sit down and and watch uh, Shocking Dark again. The moment they introduced the time travel... Like, Michelle had already fallen asleep at that point, and I was watching it, and I laughed so hard that I woke her up. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, uh, 6 out of 10, uh, Cadbury Xenomorphs. How do they introduce the time travel? Like, like, how does the time travel work? I, I feel like it would ruin the laugh for the viewer if oh, they watched okay. it, if I said it. It's, it's, it's a spoiler. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about how we used to time travel in Hood Slam when me and Sledge were like... Yeah, I was with you that. I was with you one time. I went with you guys. Oh, yeah. We used to come out of an inflatable raft that yeah. had holes cut in it with smoke and lights. That's that's Pretty awesome. awesome. Yeah. And better than the time travel in Shocking Dark. <laughs> they can afford the inflatable raft. Yeah. The funny thing is, though, this movie had awesome sets. Like, they went to some industrial plant to shoot the movie, and, like, all the shit was cool. It was just, like, pipes and, and, and grids and all that shit. Like, it was a very good setting for a movie that they could probably make a good movie there, too. And probably half. It's probably just some generic set that they use. But, uh, yeah. Ew. Ooh. <laughs> the badness. <laughs> all right. That's it for the good movie and the bad movie. We'll be back with our top five Australian horror movies after this. If you haven't joined our Patreon yet, what are you waiting for? You fucking asshole. (laughs) You're obviously a fan of the show if you're listening, or this may be your first time listening, in which case I want to say hi. You fucking asshole. Now check out patreon.com slash postmortem show to get all of this and much, much more. Early episodes and bonus episodes. Creepy pastas. Exclusive Patreon series now screaming. Postmortem off topics. The best of JD Horror Deathmatch video. Music from Grave Command, Public Defecation, Weapon A, Mechanical Ghost, Old Scratch, and the Necrophonic Orchestra, and much, much more. And the best part is, if you're a patron, you're no longer a fucking asshole. <laughs> and uh, if you're not a patron, uh, you're you're not an asshole. Dom's just a uh, he's a little bitter. <laughs> he's bitter and angry at the world. That's right. I've got a lot of hate in me. (laughs) Join our Patreon and I'll pay for Dom's sessions. The hookers? Or the therapist? (laughs) The therapist. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Patreon.com slash postmortem show. Crikey. I mean. And we're back. I like crikey. I think people should say crikey more often. With our top five Australian horror movies. Dom, this is a strong, strong list for me. I don't have a lot of honorable mentions. Only got four honorable mentions, but my top five are great movies. Yeah, I actually had some trouble with this list because there are so many movies that I like. 
that I, you know, any of my honorable mentions could have easily made it onto my list anyway. And I, I ultimately just kind of had to go with the ones that I had more of a personal connection with. What's that spreadable shit that they eat on like a sandwich? Vegemite. Vegemite. So gross. <laughs> Sorry to Australian listeners, but Vegemite tastes like fucking earwax. You know what? We have a strong contingent in Australia for true crime horror story. I we don't do. know about postmortem. I, I know Madam Darling is super in, but mm. I don't know how many Australian listeners we have on this yeah. year's show. So you know, feel I'm, free to shit on <laughs> the whole entire continent. I, you bunch of prisoners. God sons, damn it. Sons and daughters of prisoners. So I, I just recently started a uh, uh, Instagram account, like an actual personal Instagram account uh, that, that I'm using because I'm trying to back away from Facebook because it's too fucking toxic. And uh, I went to the postmortem uh, Instagram account to like find people to follow. We have a lot of Brazilian listeners. Postmortem Instagram is basically inactive. Yeah. Like I haven't posted shit on there for so long. I need to get back on there. I need to upload all of our awesome art that I've made in MS right. Paint. But, <laughs> but like, I, I would say a solid, like 60% of our people who follow us on the postmortem Instagram are in Brazil. That's because of Karen Sophia. She's, Daddy she's singing Sophie. the gospel. Yeah. She's telling everyone on the street. Hey, the gospel of Biff. <laughs> <laughs> hey, wax your vagina and turn on postmortem. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dom. I'm going to start us off this week. My number five is a movie that I know you've seen because I made you watch this. And that is Scare Campaign. It's my number three. All right, we'll get to that later. We might have a lot of crossover on this yeah. one. It might be a short top five, but you know what? These are good fucking movies. So. Yeah. My number five is actually a not-so-good movie, but it's so batshit insane that I can't help but love it, and that's Body Melt. Yeah, on my honorable mentions. Yeah. We did a Nostalgia Killers on that. Yeah. And that was the first time I saw it, I think. No, it was, a, it was a Professor Biff's Time Machine. Professor was, Biff's yeah. Time Machine, yeah. It was the first time I'd seen it, too. But the fucking kangaroo scene where they hit the kangaroo with the rock. <laughs> that is what pushed that movie into greatness yeah, for me. Yeah, that is so stupid. <laughs> it's, it's fucking bizarre. It's definitely influenced by Peter Jackson. Yeah. It's like a, the poor man's Peter Jackson. Yeah. Number four. My number four is a movie I don't know if you've seen, Dom. I think we've talked about it, but you never pulled the trigger on it. The Loved Ones. I have not seen it yet. The Loved Ones is a great movie about a daughter who wants to take a specific boy to the prom or wants him to take her and... He might not be interested, but guess what? Her dad's going to make that happen. It's good so they have their own prom in the basement after abducting the boy. Right. And it gets brutal. There's some drilling scenes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> but uh, yeah, The Loved Ones is a great fucking little indie Australian horror movie. And I think it's streaming on Shudder, I believe. I think Shutter you're right, or yeah. Prime. Yeah, yeah, one of the two. But you got to watch that. Fuck you. Yeah, Check I think that's actually list. on my potential watch this fucker list. I think it, I think it is, yeah. We got a spreadsheet by the suggester of this here episode. My number four is one of the better found footage movies ever made. Uh, something that I reviewed recently and that I really, really like. And the more that I think about it, the more that I like it. And that's Lake Mungo. Lake Mungo, yeah. yeah. Very unique ghost story. But not a ghost story. But it is a ghost story. I didn't realize I was Australian. Mungo sounds more like African to me because yeah. I think about like Mondo magic and stuff. Right. You know? So the first thing I thought of with Lake Mungo. Yeah. So I, I, I'm sure it's something like Aboriginal, you know. Have you ever seen that one? I don't know if it's Mondo. I think it is Mondo magic, not Mondo carne or whatever. But where they start blowing smoke up people's ass. To yeah. Like you, to get the demons out. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, that's Mondo magic. I remember that. The tried and true method, Dom. It is. That's how I get all my demons out. <laughs> I do it by beating off. That's how I refer to it as, what are you doing in the bathroom for so long? I'm getting the demons out, mom. <laughs> I'm squeezing out Satan. <laughs> Gotta get the demons out. Otherwise, you know what? They make me do things. <laughs> My number three is the Duke, Dom. You are talking about annoying kids earlier. The Duke. Duke actually didn't make my list. It's oh, on my wow. honorable mentions, and I love the Duke, but there are movies that I like more. Yeah, for sure. Me too, but, you know, it was really well done. I think it is very overhyped, though. It's a victim of its own hype, because mm -hmm. some people don't really like it that much, but I used to torture Addison with the Duke. I remember that, yeah. Because I had a, a Rumorg magazine where yeah. it was a full back page ad. And just the image of the poster of the Baba Duke scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And I used to always say, Baba Duke. <laughs> that whole primal fear of the hat man thing coming into play. For sure. And then when she eventually watched the entire movie, eventually she watched it. 
She she toughed it out. She watched it. She realized this isn't that scary. It's just kind of annoying. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, I the kid in the Babadook is one of the worst kids in cinema. But the more that I think about that movie, the more that I think that he's actually the antagonist in the in the story. Like he is the bad guy. Yeah. And and the Babadook is just sort of a manifestation of what he's doing to his mom. The Babadook is more of a force of nature. Yeah. And he's more of a dipshit. Yeah. But he's not evil. He's just fucked up. It's, oh, I'd it's say sad. he's evil. He, he, but like maybe like evil in his core, you that know. That screaming scene is oh, yeah. pretty fucking annoying. Yeah. All right, my number three is your number five, and that's Scare Campaign. Scare Campaign came out of nowhere. A concept of a movie that seems like I wouldn't even want to watch it. Yeah, I didn't. I had no desire to watch it until you described it. And they basically remade it for an American version in Haunt. I don't. It's just blatant ripoff. You know, extreme haunted house goes wrong because guess what? They're actually killing people. Yeah, you know, it sounds stupid, but and it's all Scare Campaign is also somewhat like a prank show. Yeah, like scare tactics, but it has a good twist on a twist inside of it. Yeah, and not just that, but the gore is so fucking awesome. Yeah. And the masks that the that the actual killers are wearing, like yeah. the, and their fucking like industrial camera chainsaw weapons. Yeah, it's yeah, badass. cameras are weapons and yeah. shit too. And yeah, very very fucking gory, elaborate killing scenes. Megan Warner from Turn Washington Spies mm-hmm. is the reason why I watch this. I don't know why, but I just have a thing for her. And you and, like that show? I've never seen it, but. Dude, you need to watch Turn Washington Spies. Listeners, if you like things that aren't horror, occasionally, I don't like much of that. Because <laughs> it's not that I don't like it. It's just I have no opportunity to watch anything that's yeah. not a horror movie because I'm spread so thin. Yeah, and for sure. The shows and work and the kids and all these things that like, I think it's making me a darker person. Dom. All I consume is dark media. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. The Parents' Morality Commission was right. <laughs> it's it's funny. Michelle Michelle's mom calls all horror movies, no matter what they are, like what the concept is. To her, they're all monster movies. Like that's that's her like you know kind of like old lady thing. That is so sweet. Yeah, and and every time like we we go to the back, we, we, you know, we're going to bed, and we're like, oh, we're gonna go to bed a little bit early and watch a movie. And she's like, she's like, is it gonna be a monster movie? And I'm like, yeah. And she's like, why don't you watch anything? Why don't you ever watch anything else? You know, haven't you ever seen a good love story? I'm like, yeah, that doesn't interest me. And honestly, <laughs> all I have time for right now is monster movies. <laughs> yeah, we got to watch two movies a week. And that sounds like people are like, what? You have to watch two movies. But us watching a movie, like, I hate I hate doing this. I hate complaining about the show on the show. Like, I'm not complaining about the show. I love the show. Yeah. I love our listeners. I love our support. But when we watch a movie, it's different from other people who just watch a movie. They don't like it. They turn it off. Yeah, we, we have, watch a movie. We have to commit to it and fucking absorb notes it. notes and all that kind of stuff. Because, yeah. you know, we're trying to do a professional product, believe it or not. Yeah. <laughs> believe <laughs> it or shit. not. We're trying to create something for you guys as like a guide of which movies you should watch, which movies you shouldn't watch. We're yeah. taking a bullet for you motherfuckers. So sometimes we watch a movie and it is fucking terrible. And yeah. we tell you all about it. And then hopefully you don't watch it. Yeah. Well, also on top of that, like, you got four kids. I got two kids. I'm running a business. You're managing a business. You're editing, you know, a second podcast that is a lot more in depth than what we're doing here and takes a lot more work. I'm working on trying to open an entertainment venue. Like we've got a lot of shit going on right now. For sure. So when we ha- when we have to sit down and watch a movie, like it's it's something that we actually have to fit into our schedule where most people like they go to work, they go home, you know, they eat dinner, they take a shower, they take a shit, and then they fucking sit on the couch. You know, it's easy for them. Yeah. We don't have that luxury. <laughs> JD has to worry about Biff. <laughs> I have a feeling we should edit all that out. Nah, I think we it should. Sounds leave like it. standing on our soapbox complaining about people listening to the show. But <laughs> we'll leave it in. We do it for you guys. You know what? I'm back to being the editor full time. So of this show too. As oh, well. did David? Did David quit? No, just last episode he told me he edited it, and right as I was about to post it, it was a little late because I had to redo the whole thing because all he did is combine the three parts, oh. put the sound effects in. Not edited for content, and it was trash. So I tried to salvage it. I tried to save it with, like, 30 minutes notice before the deadline. That's why patrons didn't get it early. Sorry, guys. But I am now back to... And he's fired. And he's fired. I fired him. Well, you know, it's I like... we gave him a written notice. A <laughs> pink slip. Yeah. It's like when we had him film we the wrestling shows, too. and he was filming his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> now he's working at my work, too. Oh, okay. If you don't think I won't fire my own son, you don't know me. Yeah. Well, he's the one employee you can beat. So, you know what? 
if if it comes down to it, if he wants his job, he's gonna have to join the JD Horror Kiss My Ass Club. <laughs> Kiss my ass. Vince McMahon style. Yeah. Fuck Conor McGregor. <laughs> Where were we? Uh I think we're at your number two. My number two is a movie that I told you about that I don't think you pulled the trigger on, but is one of my favorite movies I've seen since the show started that was suggested by my friend Jason, who comes on to do our haunted houses and stuff. Yeah. He suggested quite a few movies to us. I think my favorite one that he suggested so far was Landmine Ghost Click. Oh, I no, really I've watched that. that. Yeah. But it's not that. That's, oh. from, that's from Georgia, not yeah. Australia. The Georgia, country of Georgia. Georgia, the country, not the, not the state. But Daddy's a Little Girl, Tom. I've not watched that. True crime revenge movie. Very fucking brutal and... You gotta watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. It's a watch this fucking movie for you. Okay. Daddy's Little Girl is a story of a guy whose daughter is brutally killed in horrific pedophilic ways and stuff. And when he gets down to the source and finds out who did it, it's shocking. But not as shocking as the things that he does to that person. Nice. Straight up torture. It's like half of the movie is torture. And there, there's no guilt behind it because it's a there's no, it's, no you, <laughs> Yeah, you, you love to watch it happen. Nice. It like shoves hoses up the guy's ass and pumps stuff into him. It's like it's very brutal. Wow. You know, as far as it goes. I gotta know. find that. That sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's Little Girl streaming now. My number two is Upgrade. Upgrade. I fucking love Upgrade. I didn't know that was a... Uh... Australian? Australian. Yeah, it's an Australian movie. There, there's actually a couple of my honorable, honorable mentions that I didn't know were Australian either. Is it filmed in Australia? Yeah. And but Lee, they, they don't have accents or anything. Yeah, they don't. But yeah, Lee Wannell is Australian. It's, it's Lee Wannell is Australian? Yeah, he's Australian. I was going to say, he's not even Australian, so that's cheating. Yeah, but. no, he's, he's Australian. It, it was filmed in Australia and like even had a subsidy from the Australian Film Board. So yeah, it's an Australian movie just with a bunch of American actors. <laughs> but it's a great fucking movie and it gave me faith in Lee Wannell. Upgrade's gonna get his money. You don't need to work, cause you know what? Even if I'm in the future, Upgrade's gonna come for me, he's gonna get his money. <laughs> it's Upgrade your pimp. <laughs> <laughs> upgrade. With two D's and two P's for a double dose of his pimping. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? I have no idea what you're talking Idiocracy. about. Idiocracy. Oh, fuck! The, you know, yeah. like, Upgrade, he's gonna find me in the future, he's gonna get his money. That's right. And then... The fucking the that's the best part is that the the white like Air Force guy is like saying it shows a slideshow of him like partying with him like drinking Hennessy and stuff with a bunch of hoes if you will yeah and they're like Dawson come on get to the next slide and he goes through like five hundred slides rapid fire to tell the <laughs> to get to the next thing that's right He's I like, don't know I don't know why I didn't even think of that because like I was actually thinking about upgrade earlier today. <laughs> or not upgrade, uh, uh, idiocracy earlier today. A pimp's love is very different than the love of square. <laughs> did did you hear, uh, to, to completely tangent, but this is fucking hilarious to me. Did you hear about the most recent idiocracy moment that happened in our country? About Space Force? Uh-uh. You know that movie Space Force that just came out on Netflix? Uh-huh. With Steve Carell in it? So it's like this stupid-ass comedy making fun of the concept of Space Force. And some people in Washington tried to get that movie shut down because they didn't want, like, Space Force to be painted in a negative light before it came out. But they couldn't because the people who made Space Force filed the trademark on the term Space Force before the U.S. government did. (laughs) (laughs) That's stupid. That's fucking idiocracy right there. Pretty much. It's got electrolytes, Tom. It makes plants (laughs) grow. It's what plants crave. (laughs) (laughs) My number one is the number one. It's probably your number one as well. I doubt it because you haven't seen my number one. Wow. Yeah. Then you're you're seriously neglecting something. No, I'm not. I knew it was going to be on your list because I know what you're saying. (laughs) Because my number one is Wolf Creek. Yes, absolutely. Wolf Creek, man. What a great character. The bad guy in Wolf Creek. Fucking menacing. Menacing. The gore. It's gritty. I love like black rotting blood. Yeah. That kind of gore. that's That's what works for me. Like when the blood is too red and stuff. I like it to look like congealed. Like yeah. in Wolf Grade. Wolf Grade. <laughs> Wolf Creek, not Wolf Grade. I'm thinking of Wolf Grade would be a badass movie. Yeah. With upgrade killing people in That Australia. would be good. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like a cybernetic wolf. <laughs> but no. Wolf Creek, the blood like has bubbles in it. Yeah. Like it looks rotten. Yeah. You know? And the I've, corpses. Yeah. The, they're nasty. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Wolf Creek is sort of Australia's answer to the French New Extreme. Like it could easily have been made as part of that genre. 
And it's uh, based on, what do you call it? Palangelo or something like that. There's a forest and it's based on a true story. You know that, Really? Right? I did not know that. Ivan Milat. You know the story of Ivan Milat? It's a Palangelo, not Palangelo. No, never heard of it. Ivan Milat killed a bunch of people with a fucking rifle. And it's based on that. That's what it's based on. It's one of the best true crime movies of all time, but it takes a lot of liberties. That's why I wouldn't really lump it in the true crime category. Mm-hmm. When Wolf Creek 2 was announced, I was so on the fence about how could they do that. Yeah. It was so fucking good, too. Wolf yeah. Creek 2 is awesome. I never watched the series. Have I haven't you? either. I, I want to, but uh, I, it's just a thing that I haven't been able to commit to. Yeah, Wolf, Wolf Creek 2 was a shockingly good sequel. Like, definitely one of those better than it had any right to be sequels. If you guys uh, need more to listen to, you're out of podcast. Check out The Case File in the Belangelo. It's, it's like five parts, like oh, five wow. hours about Ivan Milat, and it's so good. Crazy. My number one is going to be a watch this fucker for you at some point. It's Dead End Drive-In, a great, weird, post-apocalyptic, punk horror Australian movie. It's like a more punk rock Mad Max. Okay. And like a more nihilistic Mad Max. <laughs> it's it's a great fucking movie. Max Ammo will attest to this as well, and we all know Max Ammo has excellent taste in movies. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. He, he really likes those Giallo movies. So do I. So. Can't, can't be bothered. Can't be bothered <laughs> with those. Uh, but yeah, Dead End Drive-In, great movie, highly recommend it, uh, it and uh, it's almost like an Australian trauma movie. Australian trauma movie? Yeah. Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> just kidding, Max. I, I do think he has good taste. I just, you know what? I don't know why, but, and it offends a lot of people when I say that, I, those Jala movies are boring to me. I think you haven't watched the right ones. You got to watch more Fulci because Fulci is fucking gory. I've watched a bunch of Fulci. I've watched a bunch of Dario Argento, all that shit, mm-hmm. like the the masters of Jala and stuff. It's just long. All the movies are long. They are, and the blood is too red. Like yeah. I was talking about, you know, you can have buckets of red blood. It won't mean anything to me. I like that darker blood. Yeah, but Fulci's all about, like, guts and eyeballs and, like, people getting eviscerated. Yeah, shit. no, I've, I've I've seen it, like, the eye into the wooden spike. Yeah. I've seen, seen all that shit, but I just, I don't know. Not your thing? Maybe it's, maybe it is a subtitle barrier for me for those movies. It, it also may be that they take themselves very seriously, mm-hmm. and uh, there, there's not a lot of room for comedy in Giallo. Well, you know I love me a horror comedy, mm-hmm. John, but... Some my favorite all time favorite movies other than Reanimator don't have much comedy to them. Yeah. You know? So I don't think it's that so much as it is that I just I don't know for whatever reason I like Suspiria, but even Suspiria is kind of boring. Oh yeah, Suspiria has some parts that fucking drag. If it wasn't for the <laughs> excellent soundtrack, yeah, uh, it it would have it would have probably not been as enjoyable a movie. Yeah, for sure. All right, honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. <laughs> All right, Dom. My honorable mentions, starting off with Acolytes. Acolytes, Dom. I have not seen that. You need to watch it. It's Joel Edgerton is a serial killer, and these kids are trying to prove that he's they're like neighbor kids. I like that kind of scenario where the kids are the sleuths. You know, nice, pretty good. Hounds of Love, another true crime case. I reviewed that back on the show. Not the best movie, but definitely deserves to be on the honorable mentions. Body Melt, Batshit Insanity. And the Snowtown Murders. I didn't like the Snowtown Murders. Why? I think it dragged too much. It's pretty brutal, though. It gets there, yeah. But it, it's it seems like there, there's too much before the payoff. All right. Well, to each their own, Dom. Yeah. Uh, my honorable mentions that you didn't mention. Well, one of them is one that I like that you didn't like. So once again, to each their own. But that's Necrotronic. Oh, yeah. Fuck that movie. <laughs> uh, Wormwood. I need to go back and watch Wormwood again because... Same director, right? As Necrotronic? Yeah. But it's brutal and it's comedy and it's post-apocalyptic. And Australia, I mean, they kind of invented the post-apocalyptic film genre. You know, they do it right. But I, I remember really liking Wormwood, but I feel like I need to see it again. And my last honorable mention only didn't make my list because it's an Australian-American co-production and it's not even set in Australia, uh, but The Ruins. Oh, yeah, The Ruins has a great leg scene. Yeah, a great amputation scene and a very good concept of, like, the the plant being the enemy. And it's not even, like, evil. It's just fucking doing its thing. And they think that the people that are shooting them when they go in there and they try to come out yeah. are, like, the bad guys. Yeah, but they're just protecting themselves. Yeah. Just protecting the world, basically. Yeah, basically, yeah. Very good movie. 
And that's it. All right, that's it for our top five Australian horror movies. We hope you check out our Patreon and join us as we bring you Now Screaming, episode 25, Tom. 20 fucking five. 25 Now Screaming. Which is like 100 125. Yeah. 100 times two. Yeah. Yeah, 250. 250 movies that are streaming now or were streaming at the time it came out. It's more of a topical thing. It's kind of like horror news to where it doesn't really lend itself to like binging if you just discover us. Yeah, but it's definitely, even if they're not movies that are streaming right now, they'll probably be streaming again because services do that. And And it's just something that you know is going to be good if if it comes up. So uh, this week I reviewed uh, Blood Machines, which you should watch if you're on acid. You should watch it anyway, but don't expect too much of it. And uh, I reviewed Shocking Dark, a.k.a. Terminator 2, which is a god-awful fucking balls-terrible movie. (laughs) But you should definitely watch it because it's entertaining (laughs) as shit. And I reviewed Luz, which Dom should watch. And Becky, which everyone who likes Home Invasion should watch. Yep. I should rephrase that. Home Invasion movies. (laughs) If you like Home Invasions, you're a dick. (laughs) There's nothing wrong with you, yeah. (laughs) And if you like what you heard here, you can check us out at postmortemshow.com. You can check us out on various, wherever podcasts are. And uh, if you want to follow me on Instagram, I have one now. I am at Cryptid Wrangler. So give me a follow because I didn't follow everyone because I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) And my Instagram is at JDH138. And as H.P. Lovecraft once said, as he crawled out of a kangaroo's vagina pouch. (laughs) (laughs) If it smells like fish, throw the fucker back. H.P. Lovecraft probably would love Australia. Yeah. Yeah. A bunch of white folks. Yeah. Well, no, there's a huge indigenous population there. It's just like, you know, they get ignored by the white people. (laughs) And it's very sad. Native Americans in Australia. (laughs) Fucking weird. (laughs) (laughs) Aborigine people are beautiful and their culture is amazing. And they make really fucking cool music. They gave us the goddamn didgeridoo. I am all about the Aboriginal. <laughs> Aboriginal gangster. <laughs> that needs to be a thing. Ghost <laughs> boner. Just two boys and a dog and a dream. Red rocket, red rock. <laughs> the taste. Doug Jones. Fifth. Doug Jones. Fifth. As H.P. Lovecraft once said, if it smells like fish, throw the fucker back.